we turn to uh, Psalms chapter 106, I want to thank the pastor for inviting me. I am a homebody. I don't get out much. I love staying at home, and uh, I, do, I do enjoy vacation, <laughs> um, but I love spending time with my family. My family's here tonight, and I'll have them stand. <laughs> All right. This is my uh, youngest, Hudson. Starting at the youngest, Hudson Ray Creed, and then Colton. Hudson is six, is that right, or seven? Seven. It goes so fast, amen? Uh, seven, and Colton, you are nine. Did I get that right? Okay, good. And then Aaliyah, and she's grown up way too fast, 12, and she's playing basketball this year. By the way, if there are any homeschoolers that would like to play on our basketball team, I am recruiting. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm, I'm actually coaching this year, so pray for me not to lose my testimony. And uh, my wife, my beautiful wife, Tiffany, and uh, we've been married 16 wonderful years. And so glad to have my family with me. And we, we tried to come here one time before uh, to Marco's wedding. And we typed in Crossroads Baptist Church and ended up somewhere in South Carolina in an empty parking lot, dressed to the hilt, ready for a wedding. Uh, and so sadly, we missed out on Marco's wedding. That's okay. We saved money. We took the present back and I got our money back. Uh, so we are okay with that. Uh, I tell you, before we get started, I, I really want to make sure that uh, you know, we're right with God. And that's, uh, that's very important. And so I'm going to have to deal with some sin before we begin. And uh, if there's any sin right now, there's some blasphemy that goes on in November that I've got to, I know you're nervous, uh, I've got to deal with in November, and it is uh, eating the cranberry sauce out of the can, okay? That is blasphemous. That should not happen. Uh, we need to get right before we even begin the service, okay? How many of you ever had cranberry sauce from the, I mean, cooked in a pan, right? I mean, home cooked. Once you do that, you will not go back to that jello substance making the sucking noise coming out of that can. I don't know how people eat that. I really don't. Uh, and um, so I, I hope you get that right tonight. That is something that needs to happen. Uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> how many of you like Thanksgiving? How many Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday? Anybody? Okay. Very good. Is it because the Eagles are playing? They don't always play. They don't always play. Okay, yeah. Even when they're playing. Uh, this year they're doing a great job, I tell you. Um, Thanksgiving is, is one of my favorite holidays. I, how many of you are... Um, you, you wait till after Thanksgiving before you sing Christmas carols. You got to wait till after. All right. How many of you are before? Before. There's the righteous ones. Yes. Yes. Very good. Uh, my, um, my music director and I, we differ on that. And so I have to play the pastor card on him and tell him I'm in charge. Okay. And we're singing some Christmas music. Does he dare uh, ask for requests? People are on my side. I see who's on my side. They request Christmas music. And in July, I love it. I love it. 
And uh, I tell you, I'm excited about the coming of Christ all year round. And so I don't mind singing about it. Amen. Uh, Psalms chapter 106. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation that I may glory in thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not why wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as though as through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies, and there was not one of them left. Then... Believe they his words. They sang his praise. What a wonderful moment that is. How many of you have ever heard of the Red Sea crossing? Boy, I love listening to that story, how God provided a way. By the way, the same God that parted the Red Sea is the same God that has given us his promises and that sees us through and gives us his blessings and that has saved us. He say, he's the same God that's working right now. But there's a verse in here that's very sad. What a wonderful, wonderful miracle that is. We come to verse 13. They soon forget. They soon forget his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abram. And a fire was kindled in their company, and the flame burned up the wicked. Wow. Verse 13. Where were they? What happened? God did something so tremendous in their life, and yet they forgot his works. Wow. I want to speak for a few short moments this evening on this thought the enemies of thanksgiving. The enemies of thanksgiving. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given us. Thank you for who you are. Now, Lord, I pray tonight as we look at your word, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Let us already say yes to you for what you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, it's amazing the grace of thanksgiving and the grace of prayer is connected many times throughout the New Testament. You see them both together. Uh, you'll see uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8, 16 through 18, rejoice evermore. 
And then you see what? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And then in verse 18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, why is it so easy to put aside thanksgiving? We see in verse 14, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness unto their soul. God gave them their request. The Bible says that they had so much meat that it came out of their nostrils. Gave them so much. He says, oh, that's what you want. I'm going to give you what you want. It ended up not being what they wanted. And sometimes enemies of Thanksgiving are manifested so brightly. And the, and the bad thing is, the, the, uh, the tragedy is that they're manifested to the world, to a lost and dying world. So I pray tonight, search your heart. Are these enemies of Thanksgiving present in our, in our life, in our heart? The first one we see is, number one, discontentment. God provided water and food for them. God provided a future for their nation. God provided freedom. How many of you are thankful for freedom? Amen. I'm very thankful for freedom. And God provided freedom for them. But instead of focusing on what God has given to them, they focused on what God purposely did not give them. The Bible says in verse 14, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. Uh, they, they weren't thankful for the freedom that God gave them. They were looking at what God did not give them. Let me say this. You ever think about this? What you don't have is on purpose. God hasn't given you that on purpose. Either it's not God's will or it's not God's time. Either it's not God's will or it's not God's time. And it's on purpose. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says this, But godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain, I love these words, it is certain that what? That we can carry nothing out. We can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. We became discontent when we place our joy in the earthly and not the eternal. Man, I tell you, what is it that is earthly that is bringing you joy? Because that earthly thing it's temporary. It's temporary. It's not going with us. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Also, I, uh, I've enjoyed my time in Asheville. I was able to be, um, God has opened the door for me to be a police chaplain for Asheville PD. And I've been doing some ride-alongs. And so I've been brushing up on my Texas Walker, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger background kick just for those ride-alongs. Some of you know Texas. All right. Amen. He's the good guy. Uh, and so uh, we, I'd go on those ride-alongs, and my wife did not like that comment, by the way. She does not like me going on the, the ride-alongs too late, right? Uh, but I remember one time, I'm going on this ride-along, and I'm with Officer Homick, and 
uh, Officer Homick, we, we pull up to this house and we're, we're dealing with this young man who needed some help. And all of a sudden a car comes up and says, hey, uh, my bike is stolen. And we, by the way, we are in the projects. I mean, if, if you think about projects, we're talking about the worst projects in Asheville. And there are gangs there. There's drugs going through. Do you think of it, what, whatever crime you could think of, it's probably happening in that project. Um, and so this guy comes up, pretty nice car. He says, my bike has been stolen. And it's at this house over here. And they said, well, what number is it? And he said, it's 20C. Oh, well, that's a problem because 20C is the house the main house, the main drug house, uh, the big, I mean, it, it is the main house. And so as we pull up and we pull up there and, and all these people are jumping out of this house and running away. And by the time we get up there, 20 people have already walked away from this house and we're walking up there and we look in and the problem is, I want you to know, if you ever get your bike stolen, you need to take a picture or if you ever buy a bike, take a picture of that serial number uh, because the bike looked just like their bike. Uh, I mean, it was every, he showed him a picture. This is my bike. It looks just like, but there was no, the, the serial, he didn't know the serial number. It was one letter off. One serial letter off. So the police could not give him his bike. But they were allowed to go into the apartment. And as they went in the apartment, they would pull bike after bike after bike after bike out of that little tiny one bedroom apartment. And I'm thinking, how do they get some, I was thinking they're going to put a, pull out an APD bike out of there. I don't know how they get so many bikes in there, but they get these bikes and they all have duct tape wrapped around them. And I thought, man, I am not riding my bike near this place. And the fact of the matter is they go all over Asheville and steal bikes and bring them back there. And people are missing bikes. And I, I thought to myself, those people must be angry. And I thought, how many bikes did I go through when I was a kid? Where's my bike? <laughs> I remember my bikes when I was a child, and uh, I don't have them anymore. How many of you uh, adults still ride your bike? Well, I don't ride a bike anymore. <laughs> uh, but that's a, that's a big thing now, riding bike. They were angry, a $2,000 bike, and he couldn't get it back because of one letter. And he was angry. He was mad. His joy was completely stolen because of a bicycle. And how many times do we put our joy, our happiness in something like that? Uh, discontentment is a force of influence in our culture, and our economy. We are always told we don't have enough, don't, aren't we? You don't have enough. You don't have enough clothes or you don't have the nicest clothes. You don't have enough insurance. You need more insurance. Uh, you don't have the best car. You need a new car. Uh, it's all a hoax. Can I tell you, we have exactly what God wants us to have, exactly what we need. Well, I want, I think I need, I must have. Wow. You know, when I was a child, never thought I'd be saying that, but I'm 40 years old. When I was a child, I didn't get a cell phone until I was a junior in college. And that was one of those little flip phones, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I, my, my daughter turned 12. I think she wants a cell phone. <laughs> How many of you got a, didn't get a cell phone until after you were out of college? After you got out of college, right? I, 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 it's amazing. We at our school, we have this little box that we have. 
Kendall knows all about this. It's a little box that we have, and, and it's, they, they have to go and they have to bring their cell phone. I'm talking seventh graders, eighth graders, ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders, 12th graders, all the way up. They bring their cell phones and they put them in that box. And, and by the way, I don't go in there, I don't look at them, okay? I promise you, Kendall, I don't. <laughs> Never have. But, but I, look, I, I, looked, I look from the outside and every one of those phones are better than the one that I have. <laughs> uh, I've got about a three-year-old model. They're all better than mine. It's amazing how, how much people have. There's peer pressure uh, that, that to get the best nowadays. And, and it leads us to this discontentment like Israel. They were discontent with where they are. We had it better in Egypt. We were fed, but you were enslaved. Egypt, the picture of sin. They were discontent in the wilderness, free with God, but yet in the wilderness. And they were discontent. We see discontentment, the first enemy we see. The second one we see is covetousness. In Psalms chapter 106, verse 16, they envied Moses also in the camp. We see this envying in uh, Numbers 16, 3. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord." you got too much power. Give some power to us. Uh, what's the difference between discontentment and envy? Well, here it is. Discontentment. I want something that I don't have and something that God does not want me to have. And, uh, envying is I want something that someone else has. I want something that someone else has. Uh, if discontentment is five steps away from Thanksgiving spirit, then, covet- then the envious or covetousness is ten steps away from Thanksgiving spirit. If you are envious, then you are taking your focus off of what God has given you and putting it on what he has given others. We ought to be grateful not only for what God has given us, but for what God has given other people. And that's something. That's something we ought to teach our young people. Being grateful not just for what I have, what, what, what God has given me to steward over. It's all his anyways. But grateful for what other people have. Grateful for what other people have. Covetous removes all possibilities of a thankful spirit. Thankfulness brings peace to the heart and fills the heart with marvel of abundance of God's grace and mercy, envious, frustrates the heart. Bitterness brings bitterness to the heart. Discontentment, covetousness. Next we see in the life of these Israelites, doubtfulness. Doubtfulness, doubtful of God's care and control. You say, Pastor Creed, how is this possible for some of these that have, have crossed the Red Sea? Now, if you would have experienced the Red Sea crossing, that one act of God, that could have been it for my whole lifetime. I mean, that's it. That's all I need to see. Praise God for that. Amen. 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 Can I tell you, there was a Red Sea crossing for you. There was a Red Sea crossing for you because all your sins he wiped out. Ain't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. And that's why we ought not to doubt God. The God that saved our soul. 
The God that has saved us from our sins, we ought not to ever doubt. Has God been good to you in the past? Psalms 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Anxiety says, God, you cannot provide for my needs. God, you will not give me what I want. I can do better. I can get a better job away from God. Better than what God can give me. God says, but my God shall supply all your need. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. These people were becoming angry because they felt that the Egyptians treated them better than God. Can you imagine that? Imagine Felt like they were in a crisis all the time. Many times our crisis is a manufactured crisis. It's, it's not even a real crisis. It leads us to go overreacting, insisting of trusting God. And We have these first world problems, don't we? Pastor Creed, you'll never guess what happened. It was horrible. I'm going through a valley. The tire on my BMW is flat. I have a light burned out in my house. I just don't know if I can reach it. My dog is messing up my 3,000 square foot home. We have so many first world problems. In fact, everybody in this auditorium is better off, better than 99% of the world's population. Do you know thankfulness is a command? And it takes trust in God to be thankful, not doubt. See, when we doubt God, we're removing the trust out of our mind. We doubt God, we're not trusting in him. The Bible says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. There's a command. First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. We are created beings of God. We are created in the image of God. We are saved by God. We have every reason to trust God and to give thanksgiving to him and zero reason to doubt. See, right in the middle of the fall of the Roman Empire, Paul writes the church at Rome and warns them of the people before the flood. He calls out the Sodomites. He calls out the fornicators, the the covetors, the the, the, uh, murderers, the backbiters, the haters of God, proud boasters, inventors of evil things. But in the middle of this chapter, Romans chapter 1, verse 21, he says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Now listen to this. They glorified him not as God. Then the next phrase says this, Neither were God. Thankful. Wow. Wow. Boy, they, they, they stopped trusting in God. It wasn't about God. It was about what I can do, what I can accomplish in my life, and what I can get. 
They doubted God. You see the progression here? They didn't glorify God. They were ungrateful. They were vain imaginations, dark, foolish hearts. Our great nation is in trouble. And we look at all the world and say, amen, but how about looking at your heart? Is it a grateful heart? Do you have a thankful spirit? Lastly, we see an unrealistic expectation. We see in verse number 21 of our text, Psalm chapter 106, the Bible says, Yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. You see, what were they doing? They felt entitled. They felt entitled. The children of Israel thought that the promised land was already for them to enter with no work necessary. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> uh, we just came out of Egypt. We have been traveling for, for so long and so far. We deserve this. Do I have to say it? How many of you know what we deserve? Yeah. Yeah. We don't deserve what we already have. And they felt entitled that they deserve that. I'm all for bettering yourself. And if God wants you to have it, he'll give it to you with the means and peace to get it. But remember, you don't deserve it. Well, Pastor Creed, America gives prosperity for all. Wrong. America brings opportunity to those who are legal to have prosperity. Well, Pastor Creed, I'll tell you, if we get a certain leader in, we're going to have free college and we're going to get some free this and free that. Can I tell you this? Freedom's not even free. It costs something. It costs something. Freedom wasn't free. Free. Guess what else wasn't free? Salvation was free to you, but it costs something. And if we're going to be grateful, we need to be grateful for the cost. The cost of freedom, the cost of salvation. Amen. The cost of salvation. Imagine these Israelites, these Israelites, just fresh off the Red Sea and forgetting the work of God. How can the church do that? How could we ever do such a thing. I read an interesting book recently. And the book was a story about a Persian man named Ali Afed. Afed owned a very large farm full of orchards and grain fields and gardens. And he had money and interest and was very wealthy. He was content because he was wealthy. One day an old Persian farmer came to visit Afed, this priest said that by an act of the Almighty through the mountains, valleys, and plains were created through a long process, diamonds. The old farmer told Hafed that a diamond was a congealed drop of sunlight, which is true. It was actually a deposit of carbon from the sun, and he explained that the diamond was and the value that it held. He told Afed 
If he had one dime in the size of his thumb, he could purchase the whole country. A fed, a, a rich man, a wealthy man, woke up a wealthy man that night. He went to bed poor. He lost nothing, yet went to bed poor. Boy, he was discontent. He was covetous. He wanted what he didn't have. He couldn't get any sleep. Ali Afed woke up the next morning uh, really early. <laughs> he went in to the man that came and told him about the diamonds, and he said, hey, you got to tell me where to find these diamonds. I need to know. He told him where to get the diamonds. He immediately went back and sold his farm. He left his family to search for a diamond mine. He started at a place called the Mountains of the Moon in East Africa, then through Palestine and wandered into Europe. And at last, when all his money was spent and all he had was torn rags he was wearing, he came to the, richer, the rigid shores of Barcelona, Spain. As he looked in the waves, a poor farmer that had everything could not overcome the urge to end his own life. And he jumped in, committed suicide. His once content, wealthy life was now over. But the story does not end there. The man that bought a fed's farm was walking his camel near the garden. The camel reached down to sip some water and he nudged a stone out of the way you probably have already guessed it it was a large diamond the farmer placed the rock on his mantle at the home because of its beauty not knowing what it was the old farmer that told Fed about the diamond came in and looked up on the, mount, the, the mantle and said oh I see Ali Afed is back Farmer said, no, he's not. I found that old rock out in the, in the, out in the garden. The man went over to the rock, examined it. said, do you know what you have here? He said, yes, I have a very beautiful rock. He said, no, you have a diamond. He said, show me where you found this diamond. He said, okay, I'll, I'll show you. It's right out back here. He went and showed him and they started digging and every other shovel was full of diamonds. In fact, that was the largest diamond mine to date. The diamond mine was called the Galcondo, the Galconda diamond mine. It's a magnificent diamond mine in the history of mankind. The Orlov crown jewel of Russia came from that diamond mine. There in Ali Afed's backyard. There he went, discontent, covetous, to find something that he already had. I tell you tonight, you already have something more valuable than diamonds. You have salvation in Jesus Christ. 
If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have something that diamonds can't purchase, gold can't get you. Because we were a child of the King. We are saved, a child of the Most High God. We are wealthy beyond measure. Living in that truth and the hope of the return of Christ, we must live with a spirit of thanksgiving of what Christ has already given us. If we lose every earthly possession, we still have Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for salvation and what you have given to us on the cross. Lord, thank you for this church and this pastor. Thank you for what you're doing right here and the work you're doing right here. Lord, help us, I pray to have the spirit of thanksgiving and the fight against these enemies of thanksgiving in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Pastor.